Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome everyone, I am Karen Cole from Life Online and Talent Talks and I'm joined today with the wonderful Christine Jung and she joins us from Australia today really to speak around uh, the whole term of psychological safety and psychological fitness and that's essentially what we'll be delving into today. But Christine, I wonder if you could just take a minute just to introduce yourself and to speak a little bit about your background and you know, what interested you in the subject and what you're currently researching along these lines. Uh, thank you, Karen, for the very lovely introduction. And it's great to be here today. Hello, everyone. I'm Christine. So I'm an organizational psychologist. Um, so I run a business called Beyond Story. And only specializing in one thing and it's only one thing I'm passionate about is to build connections within individuals and with each other through building psychological fitness. So that's my whole business and that's my whole training background. Fantastic. So tell us why such a passion in this area? How have you seen, you know, the term psychological safety has suddenly sprung, you know, forefront of everyone's mind recently and, and some everyone seems to be scrambling to suddenly create the psychological psychologically safe workspace. But you know, why the sudden rush to create this? Why the sudden importance on it and and really what what is it? What's the difference between psychological fitness or psychological safety? Yeah, that's a great question, Karen. My huge passion is helping people to connect with seen and with each other in workplaces. So why is such a passion is because I dare to say through my 15 years of experience working with leaders and professionals, there is one thing as the root cause of all the team conflict, all the unproductivity, um, uh, you know, all the behavioral issues that we are all trying to solve in workplace, the root cause is somehow it could be one team member feeling disconnection with the organization mission or within themselves, they couldn't find meaning to their work or they disconnected with each other. So it's all about connection. Um, and that's why loneliness and disconnection has been deemed to be our next public health epidemic. So everyone is trying to solve this from different angle, from public health perspective, organization, mental health pers perspective, certainly. Like we can't talk about any of this area without thinking about holistic, like we can't separate work and home these days, right? Particularly that's how the pandemic taught us you know, it's actually the same. Um, so that's my passion is based on my observation for many years as a psychologist. And I wanted to go down deep to treat the root cause. And I dare to say, if we go down there, a lot of the health, mental health issues, performance issues will be resolved. 
So what I hear is that, you know, building psychological fitness or looking after one's psychological safety seems to be quite an, an internal or individual process or responsibility. Why has it been suddenly elevated to an organization's agenda or to a public health crisis that needs to be managed almost externally? Yeah, because the cost, the mental health how loneliness or disconnection impact on an individual, it becomes a cost to society and organization. Uh, that's why all of a sudden you can see from a public health perspective, people talking about loneliness from an organizational perspective is uh, like McKenzie start talking about loneliness in one of their podcasts. These are the areas that we don't talk about, but it's a common human experience. Now we are forced us to look at right now. And just now you asked me, Karen, um, sorry to digress a little bit. What is the difference between psychological fitness and psychological safety? They are very different concepts, but they are interrelated. So psychological fitness is pretty much the overarching terms, labeling how fit are we internally and with each other so we are talking about fitness you know think about physical fitness we go to gym to build that kind of fitness so beyond story i wanted to build a psychological gym to help people to really be fit in building a relationship with themselves we need to be fit because if we are afraid of who we really are or if we self-doubt uh, if we're working on self-worth issues, we don't really have a good relationship with ourselves. We're not fit, you know. Same, psychological safety, I often use it in a way is how fit are we to build a relationship? Now, whether the environment is actually nurturing for us to build a relationship, that's psychological safety. I need to be safe to be with you right now to be who I am. That's connection, that's relationship. So they are interrelated, um, but fitness, psychological fitness, from my perspective, is through fitness with yourself and fitness with others. And psychological safety sit under fitness with others, if that makes sense. And this concept of being able to build relationships is becoming increasingly important in driving collaboration and especially as we work or move forward into, into hybrid workforces. Why is it so much more critical? Ah, that's a very good question, Karen. It's because because of pandemic, the gig economy, the comes and goes culture, hybrid workplace really disrupted the way we build our routine and when the routine or everyday the norm is disrupted, our emotions are disrupted. Like human human beings is really like we, we don't like to be changed or we don't like change to start with. So when things are disrupted, when our environment is disrupted, it really triggered people in a way where we are more vulnerable to be triggered in our relationship. So when you go to workplace, because this comes and goes, um, am I going to workplace today? Is it 75% or 50% or are we using this mode of communication with my colleagues? Um, uh, I prefer going back to work, but my colleagues prefer going online. These are all disruption. 
with our connection and communication. So it becomes increasingly important for us to be aware of each other, I guess, triggers and the way we prefer to communicate and what makes us feel safe and comfortable. I think it's like a dim light switch. We need to switch on so much to tune in to what I need and what you need then we communicate and it's really challenging um, and because of the pandemic and I see so much now even in team conflict we are actually a lot of the teams are not fighting or arguing for opinion based on facts mm-hmm. it's arguing for opinions based on our beliefs and values and to be honest conflict is inevitable like I believe if a team doesn't have conflict, there is no innovation as well. But we need to be very wise in dealing with these diverse beliefs and diverse values. Because if not, I'm not questioning your fact anymore. I'm questioning who you are. And we, we do it like it's very often we do it very subtly. Yeah, I think I think I'll I'll, I'll stop right there and let you ask the question. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, and that is often we don't realize sometimes when we're in you know interacting, we're we're coming from that perspective, and it's you know the other person feels that attack on on them as a person, and that's what they're responding to, and absolutely. So we've got to be a lot more, I suppose, aware of others more so than what we've ever been before, and. That's not typically a skill that that people are trained in. I know, you know, the whole concept of emotional intelligence as a skill has again been thrust into the spotlight for these reasons. But it's not typically something that's been elevated in the business world up to now. So it's it's quite new, and we still got to we still got to learn that across the board. It's not a it's not a dominant skill. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's interesting because. They are not new skills. When we talk about empathy, compassion, uh, deep listening, they are not new. It's not rocket science. It's really about, we used to call them soft skills, but they are hardly soft. And it really took a pandemic for us to understand, oh my God, how important that is. When you think about your family, I guarantee during the pandemic, there will be conflict because you are not listening properly. You are self-criticizing as well as criticizing your partners or your family members and without empathy. And think about family is the, I guess, is the smaller version of our organization. The dynamic is similar. Of course, there are hierarchy and power dynamic is more complicated in an organization. That's why we need to even pay more attention in training those skills, empathy, compassion, and deep listening. I think these are three core skills to build psychological fitness with each other. And Sammy, in your experience, and you mentioned you've been practicing this for about 15 years now, what are some of the examples of organizations that are getting it right and what are they doing to, to get it right? So far, I haven't seen anyone got it right. <laughs> so example that I have noticed is team conflict. For me, most of my work, I'm an external advisor to teams, right? So I will work with a team. So I've seen 
when a manager expressing his vision or his goals in a meeting, everyone just nod their head. It seems understand, but afterwards, I notice the team members are not really understanding it. Like they are doing something else is completely opposite with what the manager suggested. I was like, oh, I was in that meeting, and every one of you seems to be okay with what he was suggesting. And I was waiting for some to just say disagreeing with the manager because I knew it's not going to. I don't dare not listening because in the background a lot of gossiping. You know that what manifests is gossiping, bullying, gaslighting. A lot of it happening in organization. Like whether you, it, it's very it become toxic culture. But we are like almost. I notice all of them are contributing to it without directly telling the manager this is not going to work. So it becomes something. That they talk behind the scene. Most of the listener who is listening to to this podcast can relate to it, and it's because they don't feel safe in the meeting. The relationship is not fit at all. So when relationship is not fit, trust is not there. When trust and safety not there, what it becomes? It becomes you avoid all the conversation you should have. So the avoidance become. The driver of all this disconnection—that's what I have seen. It's very common. It happens almost everywhere, just unfortunately. So, when an organisation—and I know we've only got a few minutes left—but when an organisation finds themselves in that space, and you become aware of these toxic behaviours, immediately it points to the fact that there's not a psychologically safe environment in which people uh, can, you know, speak their minds or, or assert their voices. What is the next best action? What do you? How do you take? control of that situation as a leader. So I think it's really about self-awareness. It's about each individual members to be self-aware of the impact of what they are doing. So it does somehow take an external advisor <laughs> who they believe in and trust to tell them the bad news. Like not the bad news, but you got to mean to to like no one like to listen. Hey, why did you like? Do you know your uh, understand? Understand the power dynamic in the room. The way that like no leaders love to listen to their own feedback of you know overpowering or being a bit too aggressive, too blunt when they talk and make people feel unsafe. It's very like it's very uncomfortable. So it take sometimes it takes external advisor to really comes in and provide that objective view. The first step is. To find a good advisor, <laughs> do some self-discovery and self-awareness work. That's number one. And second will be team development. Christine, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our time with you today. 